The process is black and white, where two friends examine the trials and tribulations of starting their individual businesses with their cultural differences and similarities, along with whatever else accompanies them on their journey. Each week, they will discuss a few chapters from books that will transform you from being a wantrepreneur to an entrepreneur. Here's Vernon and Devin. Morning, Vernon. Good morning, Devin. Hey, before we get in the cold open, um, you know it's interesting. I had a couple people who just started listening to the podcast, and now when they see me, they do your "Good morning, Vernon." And good morning, Devin. <laughs> it, it's interesting because we never had a conversation about that or anything. It just kind of organically happened that that became the format, and I don't think we we've ever even discussed that part of the show but it just naturally just kind of fell into that at the lane like i don't know if on any episode i ever said good morning first and i no, will never no, i will never no, no, say it's, good it's, morning first yeah. <laughs> it is who we are now but i just thought that was funny because now that like a few new people have started listening they're like good morning vernon and i'm like that's funny as hell. Like, I, I, it became a thing to our right. small little following, but it's right. a thing. Um, quick code open. So, mm. quitting, right? Last week, you know, we talked about failure, right, in our code open. This week, I wanted to talk about quitting or quitters. What do you consider a, a, a quitter? Oh, that's interesting. So, one thing is that I think mostly people don't quit enough. Right, like I think people should quit way, way more on average than they do. Oh, all right, um, yeah. but also that's because I think people should be trying more stuff. Right, like I think people fall into huh. a rhythm way, way easier than than you'd want. I think probably, like I certainly went through periods of time in my life where I just was like, "Well, this is what I do," right? And like the reason that this is what I do is because that's just what I did, and so I kept getting what I got because I kept doing what I did, right? Like. That's the way that works. And so instead, I think people should try a lot more things and quit them much, much more rapidly, right? Um, mm. Like on, on, on average. Um, I, and I, to be clear, I'm not sure about this, but that's my intuition around it, right? No, that's and a great the, point. Yeah. Because like I'm hearing what you're saying and, I, and it's interesting because, but your viewpoint of looking at it is also, I think is at, at a higher level because what you're not saying is, or at least what I'm what I'm not hearing is like, hey, if I have something difficult, I should just stop and do something else because it's difficult. You know, what I'm hearing is if something's not working, I should quit doing that thing in order to figure out whatever this task is, that whatever this problem I'm trying to solve. I should quit doing that particular thing to solve this problem. And I should actually try something different. I should mm -hmm. try something new. I shouldn't quit basketball maybe, but maybe I'm not a shooting guard and I need to find a role 
that I'm actually, you know, try something different, try a different role. Maybe in baseball, let's do baseball, a lot of positions. I shouldn't, hey, I'm not good at shortstop, but maybe I shouldn't just quit baseball. Maybe I should see, maybe I'm a pitcher. Let me try to pitch. Maybe I'm front office. Maybe I'm front office. Maybe I'm, maybe I'm a better, you know, skipper. You know, maybe I'm a batting coach. Maybe I'm, you know, so like what I'm not hearing is when you're not good at baseball, just quit and don't do what you're passionate about. But it's actually, if you're passionate about something, find your fit by trying new things over and over and over again until you find the thing that fits you inside of your passion. Well, and also, like, um, you know, the number of people that, like, especially this happens a lot with learning learning to code, right? People decide that they're going to learn to code, and for some reason, the culture of learning to code is like, I love coding, and everybody talks about it like they love coding. Like, coding is the greatest thing that's ever happened. And maybe, you know, but, like, really, it's just a job just like anything else. And maybe you're passionate about it. And if you are, that's super. But <clears throat> coding is a really, just like everything, right? Is really, really broad. So don't necessarily be like, I love coding. Be like, this is interesting and I'm doing it because there's money at the end of this tunnel or there's jobs at the end of this tunnel or there's some personal freedom. But I'm gonna keep experimenting inside this region, this problem, until I find something that I'm passionate about. And then I'm going to get excited about that. So um, that's kind of, yeah. I, it's, it's, I th think I said what you said just in a less no, elegant, you, different way. <laughs> <laughs> no, you said it because it hit me. Because I think, but I, you know, it's so interesting because I guess that's, is that quitting? That sounds more like resiliency. Well, the, the two are the two are related because sometimes True. sometimes you might be like, oh, you know, I'm good. Like, people should try rock climbing. Everyone should try rock climbing. And you might get up on the rock and take one step and pull and be like, oh, I don't like this. And mm -hmm. then you should quit because you're like, oh, I don't like this. I don't like this. It's very very different than I'm having a hard time at this. Yes. But we should be taking in a lot more experiences on average, which means we should be quitting a lot more on average. Love it. That's, so I love the disparity of there's two different types of, of quitters. There's the experimental quitter, we can call it, where like I'm not quitting because this is too hard. I'm quitting because I actually don't like this. And I like to take in experiences that I actually like. I'm not going to just do an experience just because I'm not just, you know, out here just like checking off a list of like, Hey, I climbed Mount Kilimanjaro, you know, scared to death, hated it, but I climbed time. it, but I did it. <laughs> yeah, I did it. No, <laughs> you shouldn't be that person. You should quit that thing because you, mm -hmm. you hate it. Yeah. But the person who quits because it's difficult, Hey, I love I love basketball, but they cut me from the team. You know, so I'm not I'm not playing basketball anymore. Or I'm not I'm I don't like basketball anymore. That person is missing a great opportunity because on the other side of that cut from the basketball team could be Michael Jordan's cut from the 
JV team greatness that could followed. have could could have an amazing sports blog that people follow exactly and could could turn into Rick Buecher who I'm not a huge fan of but you know and and become, and become you know one of the face of uh, uh, media when it comes to the sport sure you know what I mean like there are there's a lane for you to still be involved in a thing that you love so for and, and the whole point of this this question is for people out there that have passion for something. It's not good to quit just because it's hard, but it is good to recognize that the direction you're going in terms of finding your passion, you know, within the thing that you like, it is good when you're, when you're not feeling it or it's not something that you're enjoying to maybe test something else that's within that same lane. So you can still be that, you know, I don't know, that chef, but maybe your style of chef is not five-star, you know, Rich Carlton, you know, dining hall. Maybe your style of chef is taco truck. And and, and that's cool. You know what I mean? Or maybe you're better at Fancy microwave chefs. or what, yeah, yeah, whatever the, yeah, whatever the thing is. Yeah, yeah, and that's like, that's 100%. That's how, that's how the world should be working. But for some reason, I feel like, and I certainly fell into it, right, is is you get into these grooves and you're like, well, this is how life works. This is you that, you know, you go to a job that you're meh about and you just keep doing it. And that's how you, that's how life works. And it's not, um, but it's, it's definitely hard to, to like cross that chasm from, uh, you know, that's the whole point of the show, right? We both were like, we both want to start businesses and crossing that chasm from want to do. is not, it's not easy, man. Yeah. And even when you get into the lane of do, we had to quit some things on you know, 2400. We've quit a bunch of stuff now. We've quit and then got rehired and <laughs> started again and, you know, on a lot of things. But the one thing that we aren't quitting is our purpose and what we started this whole thing for. And we just going to, you know, we're going to keep testing, you know, just like um, traction, no different than traction. We're just going to keep testing over and over and over again and when that test finally dries up we're going to test something else you know but yeah we'll quit a lot of things but we'll never quit our passion and the thing that we're trying to do um with our life and the purpose you know finding our purpose and all of this um tasks yeah we'll quit tasks yeah start new ones yeah, and especially because we're we're trying. You should be trying lots. Like just like just like you should try lots of experiments on the things that you enjoy in life. You should also try lots of experiments on, you know, that localized task version of stuff, right? Like, oh, you know, I tried advertising here, it didn't work. So, um, okay, well, th- did the test make sense? All right, well, I tried it again. Okay, well, that didn't work. All right, so I'm gonna move over here and try blogging instead or whatever the case may be. Right? That's my that's my point. At least. Yeah. No, I love it. It was. Spot on. I um quitting is uh quitting is okay, guys. Yeah, yeah. quitting is okay. It, so here's here's an interesting one. <laughs> I'm, right? I'm kidding. I'm kidding. Yeah. <laughs> so um we have been doing business books primarily mm-hmm. for a while, and then we did the Alchemist, which was maybe sort of like an, a a light, I guess like a intellectual philosophy story, right? Mm-hmm. Like it was a mm-hmm. it was. You know, but it was more like a it was more like a tale, like a yes, like a than it was a novel, right? Yes, totally. And then we then we did a literary novel, 
Um, and so I have two novels that I'd like to do back to back. Okay. Um, next. So I would like to do the, well, we can do them in either order. You decide. The Invisible Man by Ralph Ellison. Ooh. Right? Um, yeah. And I want to do East of Eden. So I want to do both of those two books because I think here's the, here's kind of an interesting thought about them, right? Like they're both <coughs> great American novels. They would, they would qualify on that like spectrum of like, these are great American novels that you're supposed you're to, to have read. You're trying to turn this into a literary podcast here we're gonna be just for a hot just for a hot bit just for a hot it's gonna be brown nosing and yeah hi going to bassett yeah (laughs) we'll be we'll be all the colleges at the nit Uh, my brow will be extra high (laughs) so we'll do both of those and then i I think that they're they're an interesting uh it's interesting because one is like because because the experiences and the perspectives of the authors are super different right like One's a white author, one's a black author. One's sort of writing a they're both they're very different perspectives. They're very different not not like I don't know. I just think that they're that that it, I we're love set it. up. We're set up for this like two very different but both historically important novels, like great traditional novels, great American authors, the whole thing. I, I'm excited about it. I'm excited just because we started off this podcast as reading to learn from a business standpoint and quickly it's turned into like just becoming, I'd say more better people. And and what I mean by that, it, you know, I know it's a far elite, but I feel like I'm, I'm more knowledgeable after a lot of the books. Like I think more now. Then you know, and I've all I've been a thinker from the jump, but now it's like, is that a different level with with the amount of like reading? You know, I totally had books misunderstood, and then then than ever before in my life. Like prior to now, I think I just thought people, I don't know, like people read like because they couldn't play sports or they were like introverts and just hated the outdoors, and. I'm quickly learning that when you read, there's like a different part of your brain that gets unlocked. And you, you know what I mean? And you, you almost start to like look at the world like slightly different. Um, and you start to question more. You start to want to know more. You just become more inquisitive, I guess. Look at that. Inquisitive. That's from the reading. You know, <laughs> you know, I get, I get, you know, like, I don't know if you're noticing it, but you 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 were a reader prior to this. Yeah, more, well, more so than I was. Yeah, I mean, I, I went through a big like n- novels phase in my twenties, um, and then sort of dropped off the novels fully, and read sort of a different kind of book. And then with this, with with reading um, the Vanishing Half, it's got me excited about novels again. Specifically because, like, there is no part of my life that is similar to Jews. You know what I mean? Like, well, that's just a, not, but now yeah. I have this experience that's, like, lived like her. And that's what I loved about novels. And that's and that's my point in terms of a better person is they you, you almost, it feels like you get to know people. Yeah. 
and you get to experience someone's life that you you can't experience that through a conversation like you can through a book and a good writer creating a character character that's very similar to people that live in this world yes and with reading it makes you like soak it up you know what i mean it makes you soak it up it really it really does something i I don't know that movies can't you know what i mean it it tells a story that like you really get to know the character and you really get to start to feel sympathy for people that you never would have thought you would have felt sympathy for and and that and it and alone then i believe translates a little more to your actual life experiences yeah that's i mean i think that's what makes a great novel great Right. Is, yeah. Or at least in my experience, that's what I enjoy about a novel. Right. And mm-hmm. then I think having that like sort of larger, whatever you want to call it, perspective, um, I think makes your ability. I, I don't know necessarily what the value is specifically around Jude or reading the uh, the vanishing half and how that's going to apply to me selling uh, software as a service business to comic book shops, right? Like, it is not a direct one-to-one line. Mm -mm. But, I believe it's there. Yeah. I think, I mean, the big big thing that's there is that the idea of, we talked about in the book, the vanishing half being like, this this backdrop in every storyline in the book. And I think the thing that you could take away from an overall that kind of covers everybody. Meaning you weren't in the book. I wasn't in the book, but there's a level of vanishing half that we experienced in our lives. Like that is present with everyone. So, I mean, there's even something from the comic book, you know, idea of, you know, working with some of these people that you'll be working with that there'll, there'll be some form of a, of a, pass for them as well that they might i don't know how much it'll help you but it might help you even just to connect you know what i mean it might help you even just having understanding as you get to know a client a little more like that like some of that plays a role as well dude i I think actually that you nailed it i think the thing is is the, the way we talked about this once before forever ago the way you sell something in the world is you mm-hmm. put yourself in somebody else's shoes who mm-hmm. needs it and you realize that you can provide it as a value. And that takes a tremendous amount of empathy, right? To understand their actual needs it takes lots and lots of Wow, empathy. I see where you're going. And so for me to understand Jude, Jude, who is as different a human with a different, as different a life lived experience wow. from me as I could come up with, for me to get there and is, enables me to get there on the other side. With anyone. With anyone. With anyone. That is, wow, that's deep. You, that's deep. That's well, it. Well, you got there. You're the one that did it. <laughs> <laughs> that's it. It get, Yeah, with anyone. Now it's not just you. It goes to any client that's in front of you. Yeah. That book teaches you how to have compassion and how to have an understanding for those, even when it doesn't make sense to you. But it teaches you how to be, how to be compassionate. Yep. You know, or why it's necessary to be compassionate. Yeah. You know what I mean? So even Stella's character who we're like, that 
I can't stand Stella. There's still, for me, I still feel compassion and empathy for, for Stella. For sure. Like she, she gave up some things. Yes. In order to, I guess, find a better life or a safer life. To find a life, you know, to, who knows? You know, yeah. I mean, I mean, heck, if I, you know, you see your father pulled out of your own house, like, look, there's, there's, this is not a person without some, some reasons to make the mm-hmm. choices that she made. For being black, by the way. You know, oh, yeah. Pulled out of his house for being a black, for being black. And when then he, like, he could have easily identified as a white male. And in her mind, as a kid, through that trauma, could have just been like, oh, if that happens just for being black, like, I'm not being black no more. Right. And and to be able to do it, mm. she was probably like, hell yeah. Like, I'm not being black no more. Correct. You know, because people don't talk about that side of, from the, the racial, you know, you think of 50s and, you know, the 1800s and, you know, prior to the 50s, 1950s, 1940s, where being black was, it's dangerous now, but it was really dangerous then. Yeah. Like the amount, the amount of people who hated white people, but then I'm sure there was a lot of people who also were like, only way for me to be safe is if I were white. And if you could pass for your own safety, there was a lot of people in that time that was like, it's worth it. Yeah, I mean, just we, as we, much of the people that were like, I hate white people. Like, there, it was probably this, you know, if you were a mix, you know, mixed and you know, could was fair skinned and had the ability to pass, there was probably a fifty fifty chance that you would either hate white people, right, or be like, fuck it, if I can I, just being white, I can be safe and live a life of safety and not horror well i can pull it off i'm doing it yeah you know what i mean well didn't we i I can't remember which book we read um but the guy the guy invented a bunch of stuff and yeah Mm -hmm. and was using um native americans because in at the time they were like looked at as clever people who could sell his inventions right Mm -hmm. and i don't remember which book it was it was the gas mask that was the yeah it was was a gas mask that he was selling to fire departments Um, i just don't remember the book maybe that was maybe that was the hot hand it it was either high hand or it was the uh um 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 black wealth or Oh yeah, the racial disparities book. Yeah, yeah. yeah. It, it, yeah. either way, the the message behind it, like, was that in this moment, sometimes putting yourself into this other person, right, and representing as this other person is the best thing for you. And you know, maybe it was the best thing for Stella. Either way, this is there's a lot of value in reading these novels this way. So so I, I'm down. I'm enjoying it. Like, let's push. It's our show, right? We don't have to read just business books, so no, let's, let's push this. Let's push this thing a little further. Um, yeah. yeah. So, All so right. what what do you got for this week? Twenty four hundred. Um, we're we're just ironing stuff out now, man. We got it's a little bit of a slower week, but we're gonna be mapping out some of these uh, some of these park events that we're trying to do. Um, I gotta finalize a a menu. I'm doing like a we're doing a catering event, so we're gonna have the usual. It's a barbecue catering event. Uh, we got a usual, the ribs, the same, you know, all, all, all your usual barbecue stuff, um, chicken, ribs, all that. But 
um, it's a graduation party. So there's kind of like a two-sided menu. We'll be making all the normal barbecue stuff. But then there's going to be a menu for the the person who's graduating, like his group of friends. And he wants like different type of finger foods. Like it's a pool party. So they want like different types of sliders. So I'm going to be making all these different little like mini tacos, sliders, like coming up with, you know, maybe like five or so different types of finger foods that we can do, you know, like chicken lollipops or, you know, stuff, stuff like that. So I'm working on that, trying to put something together that's fun. It's my little cousin. So it's one of these events where we were like, you know what? Well, we don't really need, we're not charging anything. It's an opportunity to practice. You know, so we, we let my, my cousin know, like, just buy just buy all the food and all the supplies, and you're actually giving us an opportunity to go out there and just practice before it becomes real. You nice. know, we, have, we haven't really done any catering to this level before. So, you know, we, we're going to take it seriously. We're going to prep it. So I'm going to actually make all this stuff and do a taste test with him and have him kind of build what he would like on his menu, on his menu. And then my cousin, she has her menu, which is basically like, I like your ribs, I like your chicken, your smoke, and your baked bean. Like, you know, can you Standard make all barbecue. that for me? Yeah, can you make all that for me? But the real menu is um, my little cousin, her son, who's graduating high school, you know, whatever he wants. So I'm going to put him a little show for him, probably possibly this weekend or next weekend, like you would at a wedding. Have him come in and taste all the food. You know, and 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 tell me what he likes. Taste these eight. Try, yeah. you know, pick three. Exactly. Taste these eight and pick three. What do you want? And then we'll go from there. So it's pretty nice. cool. We got it's pretty fun. I like I like this finger food into things. This is pretty dope. Like and it, and it could be nice to add it as an addition to when we get out in the park and stuff like that. So, but it'll probably like, be good for for taste testers too because you got to do the little cups, right? So. Exactly. So it's nice, like. Yeah, I'm working on some stuff. It's, it's some fun stuff. Nice. Yeah. For me, I got the uh, the biggest part of the app built that the guy uh, at the comic shop needs. So, which is basically the ability to check in and order, right? So, when it, when an order comes in and you get like you know I don't know uh, Spider Man and Venom and the Avengers, right? Those are three books that, that come in. You need to be able to see how many do I need to set aside for regular customers easily. And then you need to be able to invert that and see how, how many should I set aside for Fred? How many should I set aside for Joe? How many should I set aside for Sally, right? Like, so, so you can set each book aside for those customers. So you need to check in, set aside, and then set, the, set aside the, the holds and then set aside the actual specific book. So I like built that tooling. Um, over the weekend and uh so i'll show that to him on friday kind of see where that goes and that's theoretically the tool that he needs to start using it at his shop ah. so we're gonna see where this goes but essentially the conversation on friday should be all right so uh let's you want to start using it like let, let's try using it um, I'm not going to charge him, um, and I'm a little worried about that, right? Because we learned in uh, in Lean Startup and Mom Test that, hey, you know, asking people for money is where you really where the rubber hits the road, right? 
Um, and so I think that there's value in me asking him for money. But we have had the conversation where I said, hey, eventually the plan is to charge you. And we've had the conversation um, where he's like, he said like, oh, you know, a couple other shops that I know could use something like this. And I was like, all right, well, let's build, let's worry about them later and let's worry about you now. The tool doesn't have a ton of value just yet. It definitely has value, but it doesn't have a ton of value. So my goal for the month of April is to get more value into it, make it even better. And then by the end of April, have a little demo video for JD and reach back out to JD and ask him to join a paid beta. So I so I could start getting that will people pay me signal that you need. But for now, I want to use this guy for all the information and eventually, uh, you know, connections that he has in the industry because he's got a lot. Yeah. So that's kind of where I'm thinking right now. Yeah, I think you're going about it the right way. I think so. I was listening to something that came across where. Uh, you know who Dane Dash is, right? Yeah. Jay-Z's old partner in crime, whatever. Um, and he made a great point, and he was saying how, you know, it was one of, he was in an interview, and he was talking about money. And he was just like, you know, basically money is bullshit. And he was like, money, at the end of the day, has like very little purpose, and, and it means very little. Um, most of the people that are rich beyond your wildest means they don't have money they have assets they have things that other people want which then drives you know brings them the money to be able to buy whatever they need to buy but they don't they don't care about money you know what i mean he's like i've been rich my whole life i never cared about how much actual money i had in my hand at any time he was like, it's just like I never even he never even thought about money in the sense of dollar and cents. You know, from him, he's thinking about it more of assets. What you're building right now, you're building them an asset. And more than money, what you need is to figure out if this thing is viable. Because people spend money on shit that they don't eventually use often often so screw that your main focus as you are right now is to figure out is this a viable resource that i can then be able to you know down the road have it be an asset that generates money and that's what i'm that's that's exactly where i'm trying to be like because what i want to hear is I want him to be like, hey, we need to start paying you because we don't want to lose exactly. this Exactly. Exactly. Now you're an asset. Now I'm now an it's, asset. Now it's an asset. Now it's, now it's like, oh, man, I got to have this. I, I need this tool. Yeah. And that's something where I would say the mom test, although the idea, and I get the idea behind it, but money, people blow money on shit that all, all the damn time. Like, even, it's so funny, when we did the pop-up, it's like, all these, you know, people buy the spices when they're in front of you. It's easy investment. It's $5. Yeah. Like, some, I'd, I'd pay $5 just to say I supported somebody. Sure. You know what I mean? So, like, money, a lot of times, money isn't really telling you much at all. 
you want you want to build an asset and having someone get excited about you coming back on those Fridays, that shit is worth way more than money. And that's what I'm looking for. Exactly. That's exactly what I'm looking for. I'm like, for right now, I can hold, because I don't need, you know, look, I, I would love to get the money, but I don't need the money. What I need is him to be like, oh, I'm excited that you're here. Mm-hmm. That's what I need. The day I walk in and he says, oh, I'm glad you're here. This is the thing that we realized we want. That is way more valuable to me than $600 made over the course of a year. Because totally. <laughs> like, that, that 600 bucks could get in the way of his excitement for it. For, because for he's now. trying to yeah. figure out. Like right in this moment, he's trying to figure out if he needs it. He's right. trying to figure out if you're an asset. And I want to get, and I want to get his people because he's got like, you know, eight employees or 15 employees, right? Like I want to get those employees excited about it because they're mm-hmm. going to, they're going to tell me what they need. And that's what's going to drive. You need so, access. And need money access. can get in the way of access. For right now. And, yeah. uh, you know, eventually I definitely want to turn that, yeah. Yeah. you know, you want to, so it, I think that it's important for me to continue to say like, look, I'm not worried about money right now. The day will come when we're going to talk about it. It's important for me to verbalize that so that it, it doesn't hit him upside the head in a year or nine months when mm-hmm. I say, like, hey, we're ready to start paying for this. Yep. Let's talk Let's talk about that. <laughs> and the truth of the matter is he should be asking you for money right now. Like, if he, if he really if like he the knows. Truth of the if he knows, he should be asking you for money. You're about to get very valuable information. If he knows, he should be asking you. But, and the nice thing for you to do is to understand he's the asset right now. Yep. So I'm not going to get greedy. I'm going to go ahead and hook him up because I know he's the asset. I'm not the asset in this moment. I will be. But until I get more information, he's the asset. Exactly. You know? But two quick two quick things. Mm. Two shows that you got to watch. One, uh, Showtime. The Lakers show. Oh, live Lakers action. show. Okay, yeah, okay. Lakers live action show. I think it's on HBO. Yeah, yeah. Um, it's not really about the Lakers. It's, it's actually about um, Jerry Buss, Dr. Jerry Buss. Sure. Amazing. All right, I'll check it out. Amazing, bro. And and what it well, is. Well, I mean, the back, the backdrop of that. Like, yeah, it's got to be like, like 1975 to 1985, basically. So the, the backdrop to that's got to be exciting. All yeah. types of stuff. Jerry sure. Tarkanen from uh, UNLV. Getting, sure. You remember he was mixed up in the mob. It oh, like yeah. tells the Lakers connection to that story. It's all this stuff. It's crazy, man. But um, the the thing that really moved me about the show is they, they really try to paint jerry bus and really tell you the story of jerry bus and jerry bus is our type of guy he is you know minus all the like crazy mm. stories of like sure. the womenizing yeah. and all that he did but just in terms of the innovator that he was he was a dude that had there was no boundaries man like he was a true creator who saw everything as an opportunity Dude bought the Lakers. The the Lakers was in debt, drowning. He didn't have the money for it. He basically swindled his way to the Lakers by making promises and like selling. He didn't even have money. Half of the deal was in assets and just property that he traded for the Lakers and then swindled his way into having his ex-wife loan him like $3 or something 
to finalize the deal. And then he borrowed the money from everywhere else and created his fortune. Love it. Unbelievable. It was great. It's a great documentary, man. And he was a forward thinker. Like, forget everything in the past. We're thinking about the future. Like, to put Magic as a point guard, do you believe that half the league thought that the Lakers were crazy for drafting Magic Johnson as a 6'9 point guard? Like, Jerry West thought it was the dumbest thing in the world. Like, and that just goes to tell you that anytime, if people are telling you that your your creativity, your invention, your, you know, thing that you're trying to do and bring to the world that's new, if people are telling you it's crazy, you probably should keep digging. Keep digging. Dig a little some, bit longer. Because there, there's something in there that's interesting. Dig a little longer. Yeah. You might be wrong, and that goes back to that quitting thing that we were talking about earlier, but there's something right interesting also. in yeah, there. Yeah. That, you know, because that's how greatness works. Greatness mm-hmm. starts with everybody going, you're an idiot. What are you trying to do? This is crazy. You know, I mean, think of every person that has revolutionized the world or sure. he's been generational. They all start from you're crazy. And then it turns into, oh, my God, this person was brilliant all along. Um, so tap into that. And then the last thing is Mike Tyson did an interview. Oh, yeah. You told me about this before the show last week. Like anything Mike Tyson is on right now, just watch it. He is telling all. Yeah. And he is a beautiful mind, I guess, is would be the, the term for that. He is an interesting dude man and he's brilliant and he's living life on a level that i don't know if any of us will ever get to yeah he's he's crazy and weird and interesting and just doing his own doing his own thing no that's a it's a it's a very interesting place to read about and experience he's out there he's like so one with the world he's listen he's the baddest fucking man in the world like, you're not fucking with Mike Tyson. I don't care who you are. But he's, like, the most loving, harmless person in the world. To be those total polar opposites. To be, like, that violent and that soft at the same time. No, he's a strange... He's a, he's an, he's an interesting character. And, and a great example of one of the things we talk about on the show all the time. It's like people are complicated right it's it's complicated the answer is like always we're always back oh it's complicated and he talk about a dude who's complicated he's got a lot of that in him he's yes all right he's an interesting dude yeah 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 all right man so uh so we'll do why don't we start with east of eden east of eden all right all right we'll start with east of eden um has there been uh, a movie of that why does that sound so familiar no who's the writer on this one Steinbeck. Steinbeck. Okay. Yeah. So so we'll we'll start with East of Eden, and uh, it'll be it'll be interesting, and then we'll then we'll we'll finish that, and we'll we'll go on to the Invisible Man, and then we'll decide if we want to keep doing like literary novels or maybe we want to read some philosophy or, you know, who knows what's next. But uh, we we got these. I'm two excited. East of Eden. Up. Yeah. Yeah. It's All a right. it's you know I mean we're talking great American novel right like. Yeah, we gotta get we gotta get a couple of those in, in under the belt, so it'll be fun. I'm excited. Look forward to it, man. For sure. Yeah, all right. So, where can people find us, Vernon? They can find us at theprocessesblackandwhite.com, and they can also search us on all of their social media platforms at the process is black and white. 
We'll pop right up. All right, talk to you next week. Yeah, you got it, bro. Safe.